Hey guys, how's it going? Sunny D here. Thanks for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. On today's episode, we're continuing our brand study of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. This is part four of a five-part series where I'm digging into the new gold standard by Joseph Michelli. It's all about creating a legendary customer experience, a leadership, five different leadership principles. Uh, today, we're going to be really getting into selecting versus hiring and empowering your people through trust. A great episode, had a lot of fun recording it. Get ready to take some notes. You're going to have definitely some uh, things that make you say, hmm. So thanks again for tuning in. And now it's time for the podcast. All right, here we go. Here we go again. Here we go. 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 You are now live. That's what I like to see. You are now live. What's going on? Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? This morning, we are now live on every platform known to man. You know what that means. That means it is time. If you're up and you're ready and you're ready to rock and roll, it's time to go. Welcome to story time this morning with Sunny D. We are back in the place to be. It's 9 a.m. Eastern time. If you're on the West Coast, it's 6 a.m. If you're on the West Coast, I want to thank you twice for waking up nice and early, joining me for story time this morning. We're going to have a great episode today. We're continuing our study. So we're moving into part four. We're doing a brand study right now. So part four of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company brand study. Um, this has been uh, a lot of fun going through this week. Coming to you guys and sharing some of these best practices, sharing some of these stories from the book that I've been reading from this week which is an amazing book called The New Gold Standard, which is by Joseph Michelli, and it's all about leadership principles, creating a legendary customer experience. And so I've been going through these five different principles and just sharing some insights. This is a book that I got turned on to a long time ago, and it's been a, a staple in my library just for me learning about um, delivering an exceptional guest or customer experience. I've used it over the years. I've looked at it several times. I've actually gone back to the gold standard, the new gold standard several times. And every time I come back to the new gold standard, I hear something, I read something, I get another nugget. And that's what's been happening to me all week as I've been going through um, going through the book. So if you're just getting on, you're just joining, whether you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook page one, Facebook page two, wherever you're watching or listening to right now, you're on the podcast. What up podcast peeps? Um, go ahead and share the stream. Uh, share this, you know, share it to your pages, share it with your friends, invite some people. We're um, just getting started. And this is part four, so this has been a five-part series. So I've been, I started on, you know, Monday, we come Monday through Friday on 9 a.m. And we've been looking at different brands. And I started on Monday with the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. 
an amazing company founded you know, over a hundred years ago, uh, been around forever and really kind of has set, you know, the, the, literally the standard for what luxury could look like. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun and we're going to have, we have one more episode on the Ritz Carlton Hotel Company coming up tomorrow. And then we're going to be switching gears uh, next week. We're going to focus on a different brand. You know, so I picked out several different ones from my library that I've um, learned about, read, admired, and still admire over the years from Ikea to Apple to McDonald's to Walmart to Coca-Cola to the Ritz-Carlton to Starbucks, all these different brands. And we're going to be going through them, you know, one at a time. Uh, and we'll look at these books. We'll look at the company. I'll share things that I've learned. And hopefully I'll get some feedback from you guys as well as we go through these. So if you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, podcasts, share this post. So we're gonna get into it right away this morning. You know, everyone's getting pretty excited because we're getting ready to open up all these different, you know, states are opening up businesses. Our companies, my companies are opening up next uh, week. So we're excited as well. Um, but as we're going in, and a big part of this kind of brand study is I want you guys to be thinking about as we're going into the new uh, corona economy, what could your brand, what could your company, what could your, uh, your team be looking at and how could you be looking at you know, your company with a fresh set of eyes? <clears throat> Now your, your company still is your company, so whatever you do, like I have hair salons, we cut hair, we color hair, that's part of what we do. Um, really, the main thing that we do is we try to deliver great experiences for every single guest that comes in the door. We try to deliver, you know, educate our guests on the hair care products that we're using, so they have a, an opportunity to be able to recreate these looks at home. We try to deliver um, and, and above and beyond just them getting a haircut. So that's a big part of what we do. Um, so every company has a you know a mission and what they exist for and what they're there to do, just as you do. And if you work in a company or you own a company, you're gonna have a lot of things to think about as you're transitioning into this new Corona economy. What up, Blake? Happy birthday. Uh, thanks for popping in. I hope you had a, a great one. Um, but as we get going, you know, so if you're out there as a business owner, you're out there as a you know, as I am as a business owner, and I actually do the work in the business. So I work in the business and I work on the business. Um, we've got to kind of take these fresh eyes. So as we're going through and doing these brand studies, the company we're studying this week, um, they've been through all this before. They haven't been through the, the COVID-19 pandemic, but they've been through plenty of their own pandemics. You know, we started out the other day, we, um, we looked at the beginnings of the Ritz-Carlton company, one of the first things, I mean, 1898, they start their company, and one of the first things that they got faced with was 1929. You know, the stock market crashes, they lost their founder early on in the early 1900s. Um, so then the company is just kind of getting going, founder is gone, you know, and then they're, you know, the sun takes over, and we kind of built into, then in 1929, the stock market crashes, Almost all of their hotels get wiped out. They're down to one location and then they're building and starting over again. How do you stand the test of time over a hundred years of going through this? And that was just one incident. 
So if you started a company, you know, more than, you know, a year ago, you've now gone through, now you're going through, you're in the middle of your first crisis, your first pandemic, your first uh, serious, maybe financial uh, challenge, your first, uh, you know, your first of many, if your company stands the test of time. And, you know, it's not that any company wishes to go through any, but the big thing is, you know, when you look at a company like the Ritz-Carlton, they've been through so many, um, so we're able to learn so much. And this book, you know, as we're, as we're looking at it, it's broken down into these different principles. And this was written before, um, this came out and, and has a revised edition right before the last crisis we had, which was 2008, when the financial crisis hit, the housing market bubble popped and burst. And that's when I was starting my company. I was starting it in the middle. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, let's go out and build a house in the middle of a hurricane. I don't know if that was the best thing, but at the time, right, just me as a greenie, as a naive kind of, you know, rose-colored glasses, new salon owner, about to be a new salon owner, I didn't know what I was running into a, a burning house. But I picked up some valuable lessons from there. I learned from there. Um, it's easy to, to build a business and to flourish when things are going great, everything's rocking and rolling, you know, money's flowing in, guests are flowing in, you got so much demand, and you're like, you're, you're like, I got so much demand, like supply can never be enough. But what happens when everything goes downhill? And that's what we're learning, how this company navigated through a lot of those situations. And so these are things that I picked up early on as I was studying this book and studying this company. The author, uh, Joseph Michelli, has created many, if you haven't read his, any of his books, many books on amazing companies. And he's really, his expertise is really in that leadership and that um, experience, customer experience, like the Starbucks book. He wrote a book on Mercedes. He wrote a book on Zappos. His new book, which I read last year, um, or not last year. Well, was it last year? I think I finished it at the beginning of this year. So maybe it just came out, but the Airbnb way. You know, and I had a little, you know, situation with Airbnb myself, so it was kind of ironic that I think I was reading that book when I was in Hawaii, in you know, in Airbnb property, and um, but that was another amazing one. So he's an amazing author. If you haven't checked any of his books out, check them out. Uh, he actually hit me up on Twitter the other day and said he listened to uh, the the live story time and was uh, he just he loved it he's like you know it's awesome i got to hear it and um, he said he's hooked i'm like all right cool man that's so that was pretty that was pretty sweet but his work um his work is something that you know we can learn from as business people as business owners and even if you're not you know in ritz carlton they call their staff the ladies and gentlemen of ritz carlton so you don't necessarily have to be an owner but there's a lot of like ownership mentality going on with the staff you know so all that's built you know all that's built and it's been refined over time you know in that first principle that we were going through over the last you know day or so was define and refine principle number one and now we're getting into principle number two which is empower through trust and there's going to be two parts in there select don't hire and then it's a matter of trust so there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to focus on in this principle that are going to have to deal with staff but in define and refine just thinking about that now is a perfect moment you're being defined by this situation that we're in right now you're being defined 
and you're refining your business, your attitude, your mindset, your culture, your, um, your approach right now as we're going through the coronavirus pandemic and we're moving into this corona economy. And your new business, not that it's not gonna be, you know, if you own a salon, you're still a salon owner. Your new business though, it's a new business. You know, owning a salon or starting a salon, you know, right now. There's gonna be some people that are just about, we're just about to launch when the country got shut down and now what? You know, you got, you're kind of at a crossroads. Do you go forward with it or, or do you just jump ship? I mean, it depends, right? It depends. Like I was just sharing, I started my business, you know, at the beginning of the financial bubble. It just popped, popped, didn't know, didn't know. Started my business there. So now I decided to forge forward. Now for some, it may not be, it may not make sense. So you got to kind of look at a lot of different factors, but just know whether you're in business, you're starting a business, or you were in business, your business is a new business, even though you still are in the same career, in the same industry that you were in. But it's just gonna have to take a little look at it, you know, from a 360, you know, approach as you're going in. So define and refine was principle number one. Uh, now we're digging into principle number two, which is empower through trust. And I'm gonna you know, share some of my notes as I was going through um, this chapter, a lot of nuggets in here. Um, so I'm gonna get right into it. So we're talking about this first part of this empower through trust principle, select, don't hire. Starts off with a quote, it says, whatever you are by nature, keep to it. Never desert your line of talent. Be what nature intended you for, and you will succeed, Sidney Smith. So I want you to think about that for a second. So it's like, you know, yesterday we had uh, Kelly Cardenas popped in on our Instagram live uh, for you guys that were on either Facebook or listening on the podcast or listening on the Twitter live broadcast. You probably just heard it. If you're on Instagram, you saw it. But we were going back and forth talking about some of those things like, you're gonna be who you are, whether good times are good or times are bad. It's like a lot of times when people look at money and say, oh, don't let money change you. Uh, money doesn't change you, success doesn't change you, it, it exposes you. If you were an awesome person before and you become you know, more you know, famous or you hit major levels of success, whether it's financial or whatever, you're gonna become an even awesomer, if that's it could even be a word, person. It's not like all of a sudden, you were awesome and then you, you got rich and you turned into a dick. You know, you're not, you know, if you, if you were crooked before, you know, maybe you were a small time dick earlier in your life and then you became success, then you became a big time dick, right? You know, you can be a poor dick or a rich dick. You're not gonna, it's not, if, if you, if that's what you were, it's not gonna like all of a sudden you're gonna, you know, turn into something. So just keep an eye on that. Keep keep that in the forefront of your head because that's what Sidney Smith is saying. Whatever you are by nature, keep to it. You know, be yourself. Never desert your line of talent. Be what nature intended you for and you will succeed. So that's where we're going. So let's start in with the select, don't hire. Displeased customers are more likely than satisfied consumers to take the time to write to corporate leadership. So imagine opening a two-page handwritten letter from a customer who merely wanted to offer gratitude for staff members who deliver subtle but caring service. In such a letter, the guest recounts, one of your employees and I got on an elevator in your building. I pushed the sixth floor button 
and he pushed none. Instead of getting off with me, instead of getting off with me on the sixth floor, your employee said, simply said, have a nice day. Upon exiting the elevator, I asked, where are you going? Aren't you getting off here? Your employee replied, no, I'm going back down to the fifth floor. The guest goes on to write, I couldn't believe it. How do you find people who are so invested in placing the needs of their guests above their own? Such was a letter received by Ritz-Carlton President Simon Cooper. So if you think about that little you know, quick story we began with there. So he's on the elevator, right? Before the guest gets on, guest gets on, he doesn't touch a button. He's got to go to the fifth floor. He knows that in his head. Guest gets on, pushes floor six. Guest goes up to six. So the guest is like, oh, well, maybe, you know, he's getting on or he's going to be getting off the same floor um, as me. And then he doesn't. Why not? Because he's like, well, I want the guests to get where they're going first and then I'm going to get where I'm going. So that's just a mentality, right? But that can be trained. You know, think about how can I please this guest? How can I take care of this guest? So Simon receives a fair share of customer letters, both critical and complimentary. However, he realizes that given his company's steadfast commitment to and passion for selection, training, and empowerment, the ladies and gentlemen of the Ritz-Carlton consistently generate extraordinary customer experiences. Simon shares, of course we always love to hear the epic tales of ladies and gentlemen doing something seemingly on a par with helping a guest by rushing off and stopping an airplane by throwing themselves under it. Those types of stories are always amazing. But I like the subtle actions that tell a guest, I know what you've gone through. Or here's a little thing to let you know you matter. In order for staff to continually and subtly act in ways that not only satisfy but delight customers, leaders must understand the importance of identifying talent and developing methods for selecting top candidates. In a world in which human resources conferences typically feature speakers talking about talent wars, talent crisis, or an emerging workforce that lacks the service ethic of prior generations, how does Ritz-Carlton consistently find men and women who exceed customer expectations? The obvious but wrong answer would be that they attract the best by having an overly generous compensation plan. Simon explains, when I speak to different groups, one of the things I'm always worried about is that the audience thinks just because we're at the luxury end of the business, we can attract a different kind of employee. So one of the things I always do to remind audiences that our ladies and gentlemen come from exactly the same labor force, backgrounds, and quality of life that theirs do we're not paying a premium. We pay the same as others in our industry. It's really how we select our people and what we do when they join our family. To truly understand the success of Ritz-Carlton, one must understand leadership's approach to the staff selection process. You know, so that's the thing. Like people could assume, well, they're just, you know, they're paying so much and that's how they get so many. Not the case. So the selection process, we're going to touch on here and as you're thinking about this you know think about your selection process you know your selection process maybe it can be looked at maybe you can uh, take away a couple of things here 
Um, so there's going to be like three, um, you know, kind of questions I want you to ask yourself as after we're going through this, and I'm going to talk to you about. And we call that section in here, Joseph Michelli, the author, has these, it's called Striking Gold, um, where it kind of gets you some thought-provoking and gets you to reflect on the information. Um, so I'm going to share some of my notes as I went through this, um, things that I underlined, things that I highlighted. So understanding an individual's strength helps an employer determine whether an applicant possesses the raw talent needed for a particular job. Leadership at Ritz-Carlton invests heavily in the formal assessment of strengths through structured interviews. Each Ritz-Carlton employee has gone through a series of personal meetings before being selected rather than hired for a job. This important distinction between hiring and selection is best explained by Herb Humler, President of International Operations. Hiring can be nothing more than finding anyone to fill a job, but selection, that is choosing the best person to provide exemplary service. To increase the chances of finding the right person, interviews conducted in the selection process not only involve Ritz-Carlton departmental managers, but also frontline ladies and gentlemen who have been certified as interviewers. New hires feel pride knowing they were selected after going through such an involved interviewing process. Tony Mira, a general manager at Ritz-Carlton, comments that despite his 28-year history in the hotel industry, with the extensive leadership experience, it took 14 interviews for me to get this job, which is common for a general manager position at Ritz-Carlton. Four of them were with the owners of the hotel, but 10 interviews were with Ritz-Carlton staff, starting with two initial interviews at the corporate office, including the vice president of human resources, who is in charge of talent management. You can't help but feel special whether you are a leader or a frontline employee when people take so much time to get to know you and afterward deem you acceptable. So thinking about that, you know, thinking about like what the interview process looks like, uh, maybe you could, you know, I look back at, you know, some of my interview and I've refined my interview process over the years, uh, but being able to get my team involved, having someone come spend a day or a half a day working at the salon with the team, the people they're going to be working with every day on a regular basis. Um, these things you can do and how many ever times you deem necessary. I mean, they went hard, you know, for that one manager 14 times might seem, you know, a little excessive, but knowing, right, if they're looking at it as a selection process, not just like a hiring, like a hiring is a, you know, is a one-time event. A hiring is, you know, a one-time action, but a selection, you know, in a process to really kind of get to know a person. Having those people that are gonna be interacting with that person that have been with the company. Now you train them, things that they're looking for, maybe questions that they're gonna ask if they're gonna be part of that process. Uh, but I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you are selecting people to join your company, not just to fulfill a hole, right? Not just a need. Um, so we're going to go on here, back to the story. So while many business leaders understand the value of a patient methodical selection process, they often take shortcuts and compromise or sound business platforms. In essence, they succumb to the we need bodies now pressure. 
human resource professionals are tasked with to prioritize getting open positions filled, even at the expense of prudent selection. Unfortunately, the same people who clamor for hiring someone quickly also tend to be people who are first to complain when that someone turns out to be the wrong someone days, weeks, or months later. Ed Mady puts it this way, you can't microwave Ritz-Carlton. Processes can be slow here, but we, when we complete a decision, it is likely to be on target. We really do take time to aim before we hire. Unobserv, unob, as observed by Susan Strayer, who is actively involved in recruitment for Ritz-Carlton, there is a lot of rushing around on hiring in the labor market right now, and at times that can work against us at Ritz-Carlton. For example, I might meet a college graduate at a career fair and find out another hotel company offered that person a job right there on the spot. We can't do that because we have this rigorous selection process. We may end up losing some candidates, but it's never worth sacrificing the thoroughness of our selection process to do that. By choosing the right people in the first place, our turnover is in the 20% range in an industry that averages about 60%. The payoff alone, not to mention staff morale benefits, is enough to justify our patience. Um, so their process, I mean, they're really taking a, a super kind of relaxed and slow process as they're building their team and it's a selection process. Um, so that's a big thing. Uh, so I'm just checking in on our peeps over here on Facebook. Got some comments going on, awesome. Uh, let's see, Instagram, what do we have going on over here? Please call my name. How do you say your name? Ayush Tiwari, it looks like. Ayush, Ayush, Ayush Tiwari. I think that's how you say it. I hope that's right. Thanks for joining. Thanks for hanging out. So as we're looking at the process, so a selection process, keeping a keeping a eye on what's going to be most valuable, right? Getting a new team member, getting a committed player on your team versus, I mean, having just that spot be filled. So that's really a big focus. Um, so striking gold, here's some thought-provoking questions. Beyond technical skills, what processes do you have in place to study the commitments and strengths of your prospective employees? So I talked a little bit about this, you know, where I used to do like an audition where you'd come in, you'd do some hair in the salon, and I did away with that because I really got into hiring people versus hiring a, a skill set. And so I started to look at beyond technical skills um, because we can teach a lot of those technical skills. So that's a good one, um, one that I put in play. The second one, what is your selection process? Does it involve multiple interviews that include frontline workers? And then the third one, how often does expediency take priority over patient selection? You know, and that one, I've, you know, I've had times where I've, you know, hired too quick. Uh, there can be quick hiring. There's nothing wrong with that, but there is a time where, you know, you could hire quick and that expediency takes precedence over your, um, or priority over patient selection and things just don't work out. Um, if you find yourself in that position where something like that happens, then you got a question like, what could I do to get ahead of that so I don't have to compromise and just, just, just fill a spot? 
And that's really what uh, what the Ritz-Carlton has mastered. And it's taken time. I mean, it's not like they figured it out in one day. I mean, the company's been around for over 100 years. So give yourself a little wiggle room, but take a look at your process. So back to the story. Um, prior to covering job-specific information, the Ritz-Carlton orientation consists of two days of discussions about the credo, motto, service values, and other core cultural components. Michael Clemens, a newly hired bellman at the Ritz-Carlton Dallas notes, I have never worked for a company that has done a better job with orientation. Literally, the senior leadership spent days talking to us about the history, values, and purpose of this business. I couldn't believe that they would spend so much time examining how we can make a difference for guests. I also felt like they were helping me see that I had been chosen because I could create memorable guest experiences. Don't get me wrong, I've worked at places that said their mission was important, but we would spend only a few minutes on the mission during orientation, and we hardly ever talked about it after that. Ritz-Carlton orientation is all about fully understanding and committing to the culture of service. They don't rush you through that, and it really is the beginning of that conversation. You know, so if you think about where your business is at, your business, you have a mission, you have a vision, you know, do you, you know, you read it and then it, that's it, it's over? Or do you keep it alive and you keep talking about it all the time? I know in our company, it's like at trainings, it comes up, it comes up in conversation, it comes up, I mean, I've shared bits and pieces of it on our, on our, our story times. You know, there's certain key elements. We've talked about it since we've been in coronavirus lockdown, we've had live, you know, live at five, we do every single day it's come up. So that mission and that vision is a living thing. It's a part of your body, right? Your body is your company and your people. So keeping it going. And so that's a cool thing that they, you know, that staff member is like knowing that like, yeah, he's, you know, he's like, I'm a bellman, but like they really spent a lot of time helping us understand like, it's not just, you know, haircuts. It's not just you're a bellman, you're taking care of people's luggage. It's bigger than that. You know, it's about this guest experience. So that's a, an important thing to think about if you have your uh, company mission and vision, how are you keeping that alive and making sure that it's staying, it's maintaining uh, a big focus in everything that you do. You know, I own a salon, but cutting hair is, I mean, that's the easiest thing that we do. We're hairdressers, right? We cut hair, we color hair. But the mission that we're on to help educate every single guest, to give them a great experience every time they visit, to give them a consistent experience every time they visit, um, to help them become a regular repeat guest that's referring people because of that great experience every time they visit, that's a lot more difficult. That's the mission and that's the vision. And to be able to do this not only in one location but all over the world, that's the vision you know, so those things we have to train, those things we have to live, those things we have to embody as leaders, as business owners, as a team members, right? If you don't even own the business, you're a team member in that business. Are you embodying those things? And that's a big thing like when, you know, as we're studying this company, that's how you build a company that's around from, you know, 1898 until today, it's 2020, that makes it through the, 
financial crisis of 1929, 1987, 2008, 2010, the pandemic of Corona in 2020. How do you make it through all those things? You know, you have that vision, um, so back to the story. So in support of grounding new hires deeply and immediately in mission, vision, and values, new staff members cannot start employment until they have completed the orientation process. Kathy Smith, Senior Vice President of Human Resources, indicates it's quite a culture shift for managers who come from outside Ritz-Carlton to understand that no one, absolutely no one, begins working for Ritz-Carlton before they go through orientation. We drive this home in our management training. While it may seem like a case of what would it hurt if we bring someone on board to help us with a banquet before he or she can be scheduled for orientation, the reality is that skipping orientation negatively affects the way the new employee comes to know us and it denies that person his or her deserved welcome into a relationship with the company. Um, that can be summed up as you're hearing that piece right there. Um, that can be summed up as what we call a non-negotiable, right? So not wavering because you're in a pinch, right? It's hard to do because sometimes, I mean, you know, if you're down, it's like, man, sometimes you're like, I, I just, I got to go right now. And you want to just kind of, can I cut this corner? But know that what you do, there's a trickle effect, is a trickle down effect. So selection, um, don't hire, right? Knowing that you can train technical skills, um, you can train so many things, but being able to select uh, the right people, to be able to uh, create a workforce that's really committed, uh, not cutting corners, making sure that you're instilling that mission, uh, that vision, uh, your values of the company into um, every single person that you bring on board, those are going to be some of the key elements if you're thinking about selection and you're thinking about instead of just hiring. You know, just hiring is filling a position. Uh, selection is really, you know, bringing somebody into your company, into your culture, um, and making them a part, an engaged part of your workforce. Um, so that's what's going on in that piece right there. And I'm going to share um, these points that Joseph includes at the end of um, this section. It's called Living the Gold Standard. Um, so here we go. Number one, Ritz-Carlton hires from the same labor pool as every other company. It's their dedication to hiring the best service professionals no matter how long it takes that helps them obtain and maintain top performers. Number two, a thoughtful process for finding job candidates who are dedicated to service pays bountiful dividends in employees who produce more are happier and stay longer. Number three, leaders who focus detailed attention on the wants and needs of their staff ultimately see that same detailed personalized attention being passed on to customers. Number four, competence increases job satisfaction and engagement. Training along with recognition for a job well done will enhance the longevity of your staff. Number five, lateral service training strengthens the organization and breaks down silos. When leadership works side by side with staff, a we're all in this together message is clearly received. So think about that too. You know, you're in it. Roll up your sleeves. 
and get down there and get dirty with everybody, right? We all are in this together ultimately, not just a talking point. Uh, number six, rather than a perfunctory, perfunctory exercise in HR regulations, orientation is a chance to invite new employees into your culture, mission, and vision in a welcoming and supportive environment. So that was number six. And then number seven, celebrating milestones like the anniversary of a higher date tells the employee that he or she is valued, respected, and appreciated. So those are some living the gold standard points. And then the second part of this principle is it's a matter of trust. So I'm gonna read you this quote in the beginning here. Trust each other again and again. When the trust level gets high enough, people transcend apparent limits, discovering new and awesome abilities for which they were previously unaware. And that's David Armistead. So when you look at a Ritz-Carlton's service values, it is clear that leadership has crafted guidelines to ensure that guest needs will be met. Whether those needs involve basic safety and security, a sense of emotional well-being, or the desire to be offered a unique, memorable experience, the service values encourage staff to do what it takes to reliably care for guests. So if you think about that, right, it's a matter of trust in this part of the principle and reliably to be able to do what it takes, you've got to have trust for your staff to trust A, that they're going to do what it takes, meaning what is it going to take to please the guests. And that's where the Ritz-Carlton really goes above and beyond, um, where they give their um, ladies and gentlemen, you know, their staff, this kind of lateral, you know, flexibility to make some calls. And you can you can still set some parameters around it, um, but being able to give uh, people that, that flexibility to make people happy, uh, that's gonna be a huge one. And there's something in here, it's called the tabletop pyramid for the 2008 key success factors. So I'm gonna read through um, this. Uh, this is one of the highlights of this about trust. So these are some of their key success factors. So number one, the Ritz-Carlton Mystique. So it's at the top, and if you guys are watching, you can kind of see this little pyramid here um, that they're showing. So this is at the top. The Ritz-Carlton Mystique, create exceptional memories, strengthen scenography, embrace community footprints. Number two, employee engagement. Fulfill the employee promise, drive employee empowerment and innovation, attract, retain, and develop outstanding employees. Number three, guest engagement. Improve the key drivers of engagement, personalized guest relationships. Number four, products and service excellence. Strengthen the operational and gold standards, embrace product and service benchmarking. And number five, financial performance. Maximize revenue and profit, increase owner satisfaction, maximize management fees. You know, so where they put at the top, the Ritz-Carlton mystique, creating that exceptional uh, memory and strengthening sonography and embracing community footprints. You know, how you prioritize what is gonna matter most to the company is gonna be key. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that was one of the things that I you know, highlighted in here. And then there's this employee promise. So thinking about you know, what the Ritz-Carlton is doing, their leadership is strengthening trust by making its business objectives transparent to frontline workers and encouraging all individuals in the organization to give input 
on how they can be or how they can drive business success. Further, leadership aligns those key objectives with the core values of the business and exercises discipline to introduce those initiatives consistent with those publicly discussed targets. You know, so making sure that as leadership in your company that your um, your team, your staff, you know, know like what are our objectives? What are we trying to do here? What are we trying to achieve? Um, so that's important that that's, that's clear. And then uh, this next part, explicit promises. It is generally agreed that trust emerges from saying what you do and doing what you say. While the motto of Ritz-Carlton, we are ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen, says that leaders will respect all ladies and gentlemen of the company, it does not drill down on what staff members can reasonably expect in the context of that respectful relationship. As such, Ritz-Carlton leadership believes that even greater trust can be fostered through a formal and explicit set of promises made on behalf of the employees. Sue Stevenson, former Senior Vice President of Human Resources and current Vice President of the Community Footprints Program, served on the team that created what Ritz-Carlton calls the Employee Promise. At the time, says Sue, we realized there was nothing on the credo card that spoke to what the employee could rely on from the employer. We developed the employee promise and along with it, the employee promise continuum, which identifies all the different processes that are in place from career planning to empowerment philosophy that serve as our commitment to our people. The Ritz-Carlton employee promise now appears on the credo card. Uh, please see the sidebar, the employee promise in figures 5.2, the employee promise continuum. So this is the employee promise. I'm going to read this to you guys right now. So we've got the uh, made up of three key points. So the employee promise at the Ritz-Carlton, our ladies and gentlemen are the most important resource in our service commitment to our guests. Number two, by applying the principles of trust, honesty, honesty, respect, integrity, and commitment, we nurture and maximize talent to the benefit of each individual and the company. And number three, the Ritz-Carlton fosters a work environment where diversity is valued, quality of life is enhanced, individual aspirations are fulfilled, and the Ritz-Carlton mystique, mystique is strengthened. And then the continuum that was mentioned there, when we're talking about the continuum, we're talking about selecting, developing, and retaining a world-class workforce. So things that are in there, you've got career, uh, development and planning, you've got succession planning, you've got you know starting with your talent acquisition, then it kind of flows into orientation, operational certification, daily lineup, employee agreement, empowerment and innovation culture, reward and recognition, learning and development, leadership performance process, and then career and development planning, and then succession planning. As people are moving into different positions, you know, in your company, that's a lot of, you know, a lot to think about, right? And I always talk about, and you know, in our company, if people are like, well, I want to kind of move into this position or that position. It's like, all right, well, train your replacement and make your replacement even better than you are. And then you can move into that next position or that next level as you're moving. And let's plan that out. And so those are things, and you have to trust in your 
um, your staff and your team to do that. Um, but those are things that you have to think about. And like they didn't have that in the beginning. You know, so it's okay to go back. If you don't necessarily have that in your plan, you can go back and you can revise your plan. So they added some of these things after the fact because they're like, oh, we looked at the credo card, which I covered in the previous episode, um, but we were missing uh, our promise to our staff. What we wanted to say, we're going to keep doing to make sure that uh, we can continue to grow our staff. And that's a big thing because you're building a career path for people that are coming to work with you. They're coming to work in your company. You're designing and you're building this career path for them. So being able to show like where, how can they advance? Um, what do they need to do to advance? Helping guide their path. Their path may change at certain points and you're gonna continue to be there, you know, as a coach, as a mentor, as a, as a leader. Um, and that's gonna be supporting them in all of the different things that they decide to do. And so when, you know, a company, if a company that's, you know, over 100 years old can say it's okay to go back, let's go back and let's, you know, let's kind of address this part of our company. We need to like not only look at our credo, but we want to maybe add something. It's perfectly fine to do that. Um, so this next part I'm going to touch on is about staff engagement. So going a step beyond satisfaction. So in addition to anecdotal reports from guests and employees, Ritz-Carlton systematically analyzes the trust and engagement of their employees through formal surveys conducted by third parties such as Gallup. Additionally, leadership assesses turnover data, information derived from exit interviews and monthly surveys conducted with guests. So being able to have either, yeah, exit interviews, doing polls inside, you know, find out like what's going on. You know, one of the things we do in our company, we do one-on-ones a lot, you know, so I can get one-on-one and find out what's going on. And it's not always, okay, yes, we're going to look at performance on, you know, your numbers, your sales, your product sales, your guest retention. We're going to look at all those key performance indicators, but we're also going to look at, you know, how are you doing? You know, what's going on in your world? What's going on with different aspects? What's looking at their goals? Like they have certain goals that aren't related to the hair business. Like what's going on with those things? Um, so those are going to be important as well. Um, and then it goes on to talk about uh, leadership style. So will you take the time to get to know me and go beyond preventing my disengagement, but instead chase my strengths because the strengths of a team will offset our individual weaknesses? We can make leadership so complicated, but really it comes down to whether we are earning the trust of our people or are simply asking for their compliance as a result of our ascribed authority. Mm. So think about that, earning trust. You know, do I trust you? Do I trust you to create an environment and a workplace that make me feel that I belong and that I make a difference? Do I trust you to tell me the, tr the truth and demonstrate a frank leadership style? These are questions to ask. So the ladies and gentlemen represent the foundation of everything we do within our brand. It all starts with, do I trust you? And so that came from a general manager, Erwin Schinnerl of the Ritz-Carlton Boston Common. Um, so emphasizing the importance of authentic and honest interactions with staff. And that's gonna be important for you as a, as a new leader, as a aspiring leader, to be able to keep staff engaged and being able to have that genuine 
an authentic engagement with them. You know, I want my people to succeed um, to the highest level possible, like that they can and that they want to. You know, not everybody in our company wants to be a platform artist or national educator, which is perfectly fine. Those are things that I wanted to do, so that, but that doesn't mean that they want to. Some just want to, you know, have a, an awesome clientele, um, working a few days a week behind the chair. Some want to work full time. They want to become an educator. They want to become a platform artist. Some want to become salon owners, multiple salon owners. Some want to, you know, it's all kinds of different things, which is okay. And I know as a new, you know, leader in the beginning, I had to kind of, you know, come to grips with that because I initially I was like, you know, everybody needs to be a platform artist. Everybody needs to be a national educator, everybody. And that really wasn't the case. And so now we still train at a high level. We haven't sacrificed the training to make everybody a powerful hairstylist because that's initially a lot of times when they come to our company, they're like coming to us to be a hairstylist at the Salon 1.0. Then what happens? Then, so I had to get a, a sip of my uh, my coffee. Uh, then they come into the company and they find out, wow, this is way more than hair. This is way more than uh, I'm not just coming to the salon 1.0 to become a hairstylist. So initially, what we appear to be is just a hair salon. So that's what initially attracts people to our company. But once they get on board and they find out, like this isn't just a hair salon. You know, we're really growing people because you're gonna last a lot longer than uh, your hairstylist career. So that's a big thing if you're a new leader. You know, some of the things that they're talking about in this chapter, about having that authentic engagement, um, because like like I made that mistake initially thinking everybody wants to be a platform artist and own a bunch of salons and that wasn't the case. And then I started to change my approach because I was being authentic, yes, to me, but I wasn't being authentic to the people that I was hiring that were had all different kinds of ambitions. So you have to find out, like, what is your goal? You know, you want to be, you know, you want to be a mom, you want to be able to be at home with your kids, work a few days in the salon. That's your goal. That's going to be different. Somebody else might come on board. They want to conquer the world. They don't want to ever have kids. They want to just travel open salons. That's a different thing. You can still be authentic to you, but also be authentic to them and helping really kind of guide them to what their goal is, what their vision is for their life. In addition to performing and being a hairstylist and being an amazing hairstylist because that is what we still do you know that still is at the center of what brought us all together is doing amazing hair and creating these great guest experiences but that isn't all we do and so that's something that you do learn over time so that second part you know it's a matter of trust on um, the honesty the authenticity that's really going to help empower uh, your people as you're growing and being able to keep your staff engaged as you're growing. Um, so I'm gonna finish off this piece here with the empower through trust part with living the gold standard. So number one, set lofty objectives for your staff members and then empower your staff members to reach them. That means providing training and tools they need, leaders they trust, and smart fiscal decisions that equate to job security. Number two, when leaders listen and execute on the needs of their staffs, 
They model behaviors that fuel mutual respect company-wide. Number three, and trusting frontline workers with financial responsibilities propels them to make savvy decisions and establishes an environment of greatness, whereas negativity and distrust shrink morale and service impact. Number four, trusting employees to make financial decisions doesn't necessarily translate to significant capital investment. To the contrary, when problems are solved quickly instead of being allowed to fester into bigger issues, it can mean saving savings and client retention. Number five, empowering through trust instills a sense of pride in employees leading to service excellence at every level of the company. Number six, removing barriers interfering with an employee's work performance can mean the difference between an employee's doing his job and an employee's doing his job and enjoying it. And number seven, Ritz-Carlton extraordinary efforts to serve others are a cultural norm. Um, so that's gonna be the principle two. So empower through trust. Um, a lot about engagement in there. A lot about um, authenticity in there. A lot about uh, selection, right? Selecting people versus hiring just to fill a spot or fill a position. So select, don't hire. And then it's a matter of trust or the two key kind of tenants that make up uh, principle two, empowerment through trust. Lot, lot there. So hopefully you guys got some, uh, some takeaways from that principle. And a lot of those things I've, I've been able to incorporate into my own businesses and my own just kind of approach in developing. You learn, right? You learn how to be a better leader. You learn how to be a better, you know, a better um, example. You learn how to um, cultivate the engagement, you learn a lot of these things. No one's just like born with it all, you have to learn it. And that's a big part of what this journey has been about for me as a business owner going on 11 years. Um, it's been a constant, you know, learning, you know, learning mission to really learn about people. And, you know, that's what kind of keeps a lot of people away from wanting to own a business you know, especially if you're building a company and you have other people because that's the hardest part, right? Is learning about people and learning different motivators for different people, uh, different things, you know, as they say, different strokes for different folks. So you have to learn that as you continue to grow and you continue to find out what inspires people, what motivates people, um, you get better a little bit each time. Um, and that's what we're learning all together with the new gold standard. Um, so again, five leadership principles for creating a legendary customer experience. The Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. Uh, tomorrow we're going to finish up with the last couple of principles on this Ritz-Carlton brand study um, for our last episode of the week. Tomorrow morning, we'll be back here at 9 a.m., so hopefully you guys will be back. You'll come back and bring a friend, tell a friend, uh, share this post, share the feed, share the podcast, share the broadcast. Wherever you guys are watching, whether you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook page one broadcast, Facebook page two, uh, my Facebook, Twitter, you're listening on the YFY podcast. Wherever you're at, I thank you guys for being here. And if you are watching, if you have been joining live and you missed some episodes, you can always go back. If you missed any episodes, you can catch them all at yfyipodcast.com. You can take me on the go with you 
and you can catch up because this is part four of a five-part series so tomorrow we're going to finish up with part five the ritz carlton hotel company uh, coming out of the new gold standard by joseph michelli so thank you guys again for being here look forward to having you guys back tomorrow morning um, tomorrow night also i just want to quickly remind everybody tomorrow night we're doing a uh, one-of-a-kind unlike any other an online uh, festival of the arts we're bringing together hairstylists we're bringing together barbers we're bringing together uh, musicians we're bringing together any artist of any kind we're bringing everyone together it's an artist unite online concert it's called corona palooza it's tomorrow night it starts at 6 p.m We've got amazing artists lining up. Um, if you stay tuned on my Instagram, every time I'm announcing new artists as we line people up, you're gonna see some live performances, you're gonna see all kinds of different art being done. Um, if you're interested, if you're an artist, or if you know an artist, and you wanna you know, send them a link or send them some information so they can find out about Corona Palooza, you can just go to coronapaloozasignup.com you can sign up there you can book a 15-minute spot um, to do whatever you'd like to share with the world uh, we're going to be broadcasting it through zoom we're going to be streaming it to all of our facebook pages we're going to be working with a company called alerttheglobe.com they're going to be broadcasting it to the globe um, so it's going to be an online event and we're celebrating really just artists uniting and trying to keep the arts going and a lot of you know of us that are artists since the coronavirus hit uh, we've been shut down we haven't been able to do and practice our art um, so this is a socially distance approved way to bring together all of these artists together um, from all different disciplines and different genres we're coming together so coronapalooza signup.com that's tomorrow night um, definitely going to be a lot of fun hope you guys will be there either performing or if not performing then supporting other artists um, so just wanted to remind you guys about that. So Coronapalooza signup.com for more info. And that's what I got for this morning for story time. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I look forward to catching you on the next episode. Um, have an amazing day and I'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, Sunny D here again. Thanks again for tuning in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. Hopefully you had some ideas hit you as to your hiring practices, the difference between selecting a staff member versus hiring just to fill a position. That was a big one for me. Also, uh, looking at the career path and looking at the person in front of you and knowing that their career path may be a little different and you will navigate that a little different, but helping them uh, see their vision while you're still being true to the company, being true to yourself, and being true to your staff member. Uh, those are some of the keys that stuck out to me. So hopefully you guys had some. I'd love to hear about them in comments. Um, also, would love for you to do a review and rate this podcast because that's gonna help it get discovered by more people in the podcast store, the Anchor app, or Spotify, or wherever you listen to it. Um, give it a little like, give it a share, give it a rating, give it a review and uh, spread the word and help other people discover the YFYI podcast. Thanks again. And remember all episodes you can catch at yfyipodcast.com. And for anything on uh, my books, you can go to yourfirstyearin.com for more information. So thanks again for being here, guys. 
Uh, this is the YFY podcast. This is the place you come to learn how to build your business right once or else you will be doomed to have to build it again. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.